بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى استيز قل اللهم مالك الملك تؤتي الملك من تشاء وتنزع الملك ممن تشاء وتعز من تشاء وتذل من تشاء بيدك الخير we are um, looking at certain verses from Surah Ali Imran. Say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Allah, possessor of the kingdom, you give the kingdom to whom you will, and take away the kingdom from whom you will, and you endure with honor whom you will, and you humiliate whom you will. In your hand is the good. Verily, you are able to do all things. <coughs> And so it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is in total control of his creation, regardless of the means. You know, we think that because so-and-so did this, they achieved this. And because they did that, they achieved that. But the reality is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is com completely independent <coughs> of all means. And he, he is in total control. So wealth, prosperity are in the control of Allah. Poverty is in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He decides. And so this is not the rule that everybody that works hard is going to be wealthy. There will be people that are in poverty but are working much harder than the people who are wealthy. Why are they in poverty? Because Allah decided. But then, بِيَدِكَ khair, In your hand is all good. This means what? That when Allah gives, it is good. And when Allah takes, it is good. When Allah withholds, it is good. To the human being, you say, Allah gave me, I'm happy, this is good. Allah took something away from me, I'm sad, this is bad. As a human being, for me, it's bad. But coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is all good. And this is why you say, بِيَدِكَ khair In your hand is all good. And so Allah, despite being in control of evil, also, we don't attribute evil to him or the control of evil to him. For example, shaitan is created by Allah. Right? He is evil. And he is in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But even in creating shaitan, there is good. So to us, shaitan is, is bad and evil because he tries to uh, deviate us from the straight path. But from the perspective of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, creating shaitan is a necessity and it is something that is, that is goodness in it. تُولِجُ اللَّيْلَ فِي النَّهَارِ You make the night to enter into the day. وَتُولِجُ النَّهَارَ فِي اللَّيْلِ And you make the day to enter into the night. One of the meanings of this is what? That... Uh, the hours of the day and night are not set. Right? They increase and decrease. And so in winter, the night becomes longer and eats into the day. Right? And so this is entering the, the night upon the day. In the summer is the other way around. The day increases and the night shortens. So you make the night to enter into the day. And you make the day to enter into the night. 
you bring the living out of the dead. What is an example of this? Bringing the living out of the dead. The bringing the living out of the dead. Uh, good, yeah? Egg, chicken. <laughs> We're hungry. Mm. You bring the living out of the dead. But th th this meaning is also that you out of the dead, out of a kafir, you bring a Muslim. <coughs> that the parents of somebody are kafir but they become Muslim and so Allah has brought a, a living out of the dead because the one who worships Allah is alive and the one who does not worship Allah is spiritually dead and you bring the dead out of the living Nuh salam is a believer and he is a messenger and of the best of messengers but out of him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought out his son who was a, one of his sons that was a disbeliever. حساب, and you give wealth and sustenance to whom you will without limit, without measure or account. Moving on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O oh Muhammad, say to mankind, that if you really love Allah, then follow me. Because, you know, we've previously said that Jews and Christians all believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they claim to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they say we love Allah. Not only that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We are the children of Allah and we are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Rasulullah is commanded to say to all mankind, but specifically to the people of the book. It is also for the believers. If you claim to love Allah, then you have to follow the way of Rasulullah Because there is no way that is more beloved to Allah than the way of Rasulullah You can only reach Allah through the way of Rasulullah All other ways are not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, if you love Allah, if you really love Allah, then follow me. Allah will love you and forgive your sins. And Allah is uh, most forgiving, most merciful. And look at the emphasis. Follow the messenger. If you love Allah, then follow me. And then say, O oh Muhammad, obey Allah and the messenger. Obey Allah and the messenger. And so at times Allah says, obey Allah and obey the messenger other times Allah says obey Allah and the messenger meaning that if you obey the messenger you have obeyed Allah قُلْ أَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولِ فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْكَافِرِينَ but if they turn away then Allah does not like the disbelievers don't claim that Allah loves you if you turn away from the way of Muhammad وسلم, then Allah does not like the disbelievers Allah chose Adam, Nuh, the family of Ibrahim, the family of Imran, above the Alameen, above all mankind. These, uh, obviously Adam is the father of humanity. Uh, Nuh is the first uh, prophet sent messenger, prophet messenger sent by Allah to mankind. Um, Ibrahim in his progeny are all Anbiya. Uh, and Al Imran, he mentions Al Imran here specifically because 
um, uh, although Isa السلام, is from Ibrahim, from the progeny of Ibrahim, but Allah wanted to uh, mention his, uh, his grandfather, since Isa السلام, does, not have, does not have a father. So, وَآلَ عِمْرَانَ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ Offspring one of the other, and Allah is all hearer, all knower. Then Allah begins to tell us about uh, the birth of Isa. How does it begin? He says, remember when the wife of Imran said, so this is what? The mother of Maryam. The wife of Imran. Imran is the father of Maryam. Remember when the wife of Imran said, oh my Lord, I have vowed to you what is in my womb to be dedicated for your services. So accept this from me. Verily you are all the all-hearer, the all-knowing. So the wife of Imran was pregnant and she vowed she made a promise that this child of mine I am going to dedicate it to the service of what of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is generally that that child would live in Baytul Maqdis in Jerusalem in the masjid and serve and be of service so that was her intention and she was hoping that the, the child would be a, a male child, a boy. When she gave birth to her, i.e. to Maryam, she said, Oh my Lord, I have given birth to a female child. Meaning that I, I made this promise and intention, but it's a female. And so she can, a female cannot, does not have the same physical strength to serve the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so she felt somewhat disappointed uh, that, uh, Ya Allah, I, I gave birth to, to a female child. Not that there's anything wrong with, uh, with a female child. Both are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and both are blessed. But she's not going to be able to serve like a boy would have or a man would have. So, oh my Lord, I have given birth to a female child. And Allah knew better what she brought forth. وَلَيْسَ الذَّكَرُكَ الْأُنْثَى And then she says, and the male is not like the female. Meaning in the physical strength. وَإِنِّي سَمَّيْتُهَا مَرْيَمْ I have named her Maryam, Mary. And I have, and I seek refuge with you for her and for her offspring from Shaytan the outcast. So she, she's seeking protection. She is asking the protection of Allah for her child from shaitan and so we should do that for our younger children because they are not able to perhaps read the duas and what have you themselves and so we should do that our we should do it right seek protection uh, from shaitan from allah subhanahu wa but allah says so her lord accepted her with good goodly acceptance he accepted the uh, because um, the, the, the wife of Imran, despite um, the child being a female child, she still placed her in the service of, of, bait, of, of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the masjid. So her Lord accepted her with goodly acceptance. He made her grow in a good manner and put her under the care of Zakaria. Zakaria was the uncle of Maryam. Zakaria alayhi salam. He was the uncle. So he was a mahram to her. And so she was... She was uh, living in 
uh, quarters within the you know like a, a, a room in the in Baytul Maqdis and it was Zakaria's responsibility to take care of her of her needs every time he entered Al-Mihrab where she would worship to visit her he found her supplied with sustenance whenever he went there he he's going to take food but he comes there and he finds that she already has food she's already been provided uh, for he found her supplied with sustenance he said oh Maryam from where have you got this where do you get this from nobody is permitted to enter this area and I have the responsibility to provide for you where is it that you're getting it قالت هو من عند الله this is from Allah إن الله يرزق من يشاء بغير حساب verily Allah provides sustenance to whom he wills without limit and so it is said that in the months of winter he would find fruits of summer and in the months of summer he would find fruits of winter why was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doing this but why is he doing it why is he giving Maryam what's Maryam done why is he giving Maryam Ah, very good he is preparing her for what is to come and so look at this she's saying uh, you know Allah provides whom he wills with what he wills and so to her is normal you know Allah is sending down things for me this is normal it's coming from Allah but what happens is when she when the announcement is made to her that you're going to bear a child she says but I, I I'm not married And so the angel says what? Your Lord has made the decision. But, uh, and it's normal human instinct that you kind of, you know, just like Musa alayhi salam. Allah said to him, throw the stick. The stuff turned into a, into a snake. He started running away. Why? Because that's the natural human reaction. Right? And so when, but essentially Allah is preparing Maryam alayhi salam. Because this is going to be a huge thing, you know, that you're going to bear a child and you're not married, you have not had any relation with, with, with a man. So she said, this is from Allah. Allah provides sustenance to whom he wills without, without limit. Rasulullah said in a hadith, لو, لو If you depend on Allah, as he should be depended on. Allah would provide you the way he provides birds. They go out empty, stomach in the morning, and they return with their bellies full. The problem is not in Allah. The problem is in us. We doubt the promise of Allah. That your rizq is written. And so with, that's why we go through, through so much you know anxiety and depression and all of this and now prices are rising and everybody's worried and what am I gonna do and this and university and children and fuel and cost and all all it everybody's worried Allah says don't worry work but don't worry I will take care of it your responsibility is to work your responsibility is to take the means but the planning 
and the results and the outcome is all the responsibility of Allah. Anyway, so when Zakaria saw this, he was reminded, obviously he's a Nabi of Allah, he knows that Allah can give whatever he wants without uh, measure. But Hunalika da'a Zakaria Rabbah. At that time, Zakaria invoked his Lord, saying, Oh my Lord, grant me from you a good offspring. You are indeed the all hearer of invocation of supplication. So him seeing this sign and this miracle, <coughs> he said what? He raised his hand and said, Ya Allah, I want uh, an offspring. So Allah says, the angels called him while he was standing praying in Al-Mihrab. Allah gives you good news of Yahya. Confirming the word from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, noble, keeping away from uh, sexual relations from women, meaning outside of marriage. A prophet from among the righteous. So these are um, uh, some descriptions of Yahya alayhi salam. Yahya is also a messenger of Allah. And so um, Yahya is related to because Zakaria is the uncle of Maryam. And so Yahya is the cousin of Maryam salam, and also the cousin of Isa salam. So he questioned, see, this is, this is the nature of the human being. We want to know how. Just like Ibrahim salam in Surah Al-Baqarah, we didn't cover it. But he said, Ya Allah, I want to, see, I want to, see, I want to know how you bring the, living, the, the dead back to life. Allah said, you don't believe? He said, no, I believe that you will do it. But I want to see how. Because we are curious. So likewise, so Zakaria is making dua. He said, Ya Allah, give me offspring. When the angel said to him, well, you're going to have a child and he's going to be named Yahya. He said, how? Oh, my Lord. How can I have a son when I am very old and my wife is barren? Allah said, Allah does what he wills. He said, Oh my Lord, make me a sign. Give me a sign. Give me a sign that I know this is going to happen. Allah responded, Your sign is that you shall not speak to mankind for three days except with signals. And remember your Lord much and glorify in the afternoon and in the morning. And then the verses go on that Maryam salam was uh, also. Uh, spoken to by the angels and uh, she was given good news of Isa um, um, that he will be uh, given as a sign to, to mankind and as a guide uh, to mankind and then the verses uh, go on to speak about Isa and the miracles of Isa and how he invited his people um, and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, made uh, announced to him that remember when Allah said O Isa I will make you sleep and raise you to myself and clear you um, of those who disbelieve because Isa salam, came in a Jewish community of Bani Israel he was a Jew himself uh, in the sense that he was um, I'm talking about identity yeah? he was from Bani from Bani Israel uh, but the majority disbelieved in him and they sought to, to 
to kill him the way they have been killing previous prophets and messengers. Anbiya, Bani Israel killed many of the Anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah will send one in the morning, they would kill him, and then he would send another one in the evening, and they would kill him also. Because they wanted the, the messenger to go, or the, the prophet, to go in accordance to their desire and what they want. And this is why when Rasulullah came, they said, we don't accept him, he's Arab, he's not from our people. Despite them knowing that he's the messenger of Allah, and there is no doubt in it. Right? One of the, 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 the big, the, the, the well-respected rabbis in Medina came and accepted Islam. He came and he said, Ya Muhammad, I would like to accept Islam. And Surah said, asked him, and he said, I, I see your description in the Torah, and you are the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surah said, this is good. He's a leading you know, scholar amongst them, and so they will also, the Yahud of Medina will also accept because of you. But he said, Ya Rasulullah, they will not accept. He said, how? He said, okay, I will hide, call them, call them. And these were, he was like the, the most learned people in, in that clan. He said, call them and ask them about me. So Rasulullah invited them, the people of that clan. And he says, what do you say about this man? And he said, he's a very good man. You know, very honorable man, comes from a very pious family. He is pious himself, well-learned. He is the, be the best amongst us. So then he came out and he said, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu an Muhammad They said, he's the worst. This guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> right there and then. He doesn't know anything. He's jahil, this one. <laughs> Why? Because... Allah says, Every time a messenger came to you with something other than what you desire, some you disbelieve in, and some you have killed. And so Allah said to Isa, do not worry, I am going to take you away, and I'm going to protect you from the disbelievers. Remember when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O oh Isa, I will make you sleep and raise you to myself and clear you of those who disbelieve. And I will make those who follow you superior to those who disbelieve in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the day of Qiyamah, until the day of resurrection. Then you will all return to me. And I will judge between you in the matters in which you used to dispute. فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَأُعَذِّبُهُمْ عَذَابًا شَدِيدًا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ As to those who disbelieve, I will punish them with a severe punishment, severe torment in this world and in the hereafter. And they will have no helpers. وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ As for those who believe and do righteous good deeds, Allah will pay them their reward in full. And Allah does not like the wrongdoers. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is what we recite to you of the verses and the wise reminder. In Isa Adam. Verily, the likeness of Isa before Allah is the likeness of Adam. He created him from dust and said to him, be, and he was. This is the truth from your Lord. So be not 
of those who doubt. Do not be from those who, who doubt. We said that uh, the, the, these verses of Ali Imran were revealed because some uh, a Christian group came to Rasulullah and they were debating with Rasulullah and they refused to accept. And this is the biggest problem. The reason Christianity went into, delves into this shirk uh, of saying that God has a son or Isa is uh, uh, God himself who came uh, on earth in the form of a human being is because they could not understand the miracle of Allah They did not understand the, the miracle of Allah. And Allah says, actually, there is no difference. I created Adam from, which one is more difficult? Creating from dust or creating from a mother without a father? From dust. This is more for, you know, in, in our understanding or in the human language. But to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is the same. And so we said in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah mentioned the creation of Adam in Ali Imran. He mentioned the creation of Isa alayhi salam. Many verses in Ali Imran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O you who believe, if you obey a group of those who were given the scripture, they would indeed render you disbelievers after you have believed. Meaning if you obey the disbelievers, they will turn you into disbelievers yourselves. If you follow their model, you will disbelieve eventually. And then Allah says, and how would you disbelieve while to you are recited the verses of Allah? And among you is his messenger. How can you disbelieve when you have the Quran? and you have the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so how can we as Muslims live a lifestyle other than the life that is pleasing to Allah and his messenger? This is the question that Allah is asking. I give you Quran, which is the best of ways. And the sunnah of Rasulullah which is the best of ways. And you leave that and you adopt the ways of non-believers. How can that be? Whoever holds firmly to Allah, meaning holds firmly to the religion of Allah, then he is indeed guided to a right path. Then Allah says, O you who believe, fear Allah as he should be feared. One of the Sahaba said, the meaning of this, fear Allah, we all fear Allah to a certain degree. But Allah says that's not good enough. Fear Allah as He should be feared. And so what does that mean? He should be obeyed, never disobeyed. Remembered, never forgotten. This is obeying Allah as He deserves, as it should be. That you obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in everything and you do not disobey Him in anything. And you try to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all, at all times. وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ And do not die except in a state of Islam. This is out of mercy Allah is saying. Do not die except in a state of Islam. Because if you die and you are not Muslim, then you will have to be punished in hellfire eternally. And I don't want that for you. And so 
if you work backwards from here, Allah is telling us, if you want to die Muslim, then fear Allah as he should be feared. And if you, die, if you want to die Muslim, then do not obey the people of the book. Don't follow their way. This is how you, you work backwards. Yeah? Because Allah says, if you follow uh, a group of the, the people of the scripture, they will take you away from the guidance. Yeah? They will turn you into disbelievers. And then he said, oh, uh, hold firmly onto the rope of Allah or hold firmly onto uh, the deen of Allah. وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا uh, no. Whoever holds firmly onto the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the deen of Allah, then he is indeed guided to a straight path. And then he commanded us to fear him. And then he says, die only as Muslims. And then he says, hold fast all of you together to the rope of Allah. All of you, meaning whatever you do, do as a community. And if you want to die as a Muslim, remain firm and connected to what? To your community. Hold fast all of you together to the rope of Allah, i.e. the Quran. And do not be divided amongst yourselves. Why? Because the people of the previous revelations they what? And we will see in verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the Jews and the Christians. Because they separated into groups, Allah created what between them? Hatred and animosity until the day of Qiyamah. And this has happened to us. Allah warned us and He said, don't do it because you will so, and this is why Allah subhanahu wa speaks to us about Bani Israel. He says, don't make the mistakes they made because you will have the same, co- the same consequences. And we didn't listen. And we created divisions amongst ourselves and groups and parties among ourselves. And so we have what? Adawata wal baghda'a. Okay, not ila yawm al-qiyamah. Because right at the end, Imam Mahdi will come and he will unite everyone. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove that animosity and that hatred that we have division that we have and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and remember Allah's favor on you you were enemies to one another the Arabs were enemies this clan is rivaling with that clan this group with that group this uh, people with those people and always at war and for the slightest smallest thing and wars will be waged for you know, decades until they say the people who are fighting no longer remember. Why are you fighting the war? I don't know. Something happened between our clan and their clan. It's a matter of honor. <laughs> that, that's all they remember. They don't know what actually happened. So Allah Azza wa says, I came, uh, you know, I uh, remember Allah's favors on you for you were enemies to one another, but he joined your hearts together. In another verse, Allah Azza wa says to Rasulullah It is Allah who joined their hearts. If you had spent everything that is in the world, you would not have united their hearts. Because wealth actually 
will not unite. It, it causes disunity. Oh, you give him this. Why didn't you give me? I should have had the same. I should have had better. And so it is Allah Azza wa who united, uh, joined your hearts together uh, so that by his grace you became brethren in, in, in faith. And look at that brotherhood. More superior than uh, the, the ties of, of blood. Right? Sahaba radiallahu demonstrated a brotherhood that uh, was never seen before, never witnessed, even between family members. You know, where a Sahabi radiallahu says that uh, I have two wives, I will divorce one and you can have one. And I will divorce the one that you, that pleases you. You, you pick, you say which one you want. Huh? Imagine, this was, would that happen between two brothers? No, no way. <laughs> Blood brothers. Their father dies, they fight with each other. No, no, give me, give you this, that. Yeah? So they reached a, a, a level. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he's telling us also that look, these Sahaba, how they were. They were at war with one another. They became brothers. Through what? Through the faith. And so if the same with you, if you apply and you hold on together to the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then I will unite you. And you were on the brink of a pit of fire. Meaning you were close to falling into hellfire. Because if you had died in shirk, <laughs> then you would enter in hellfire eternally. And he saved you from it. Thus Allah makes his uh, ayat clear to you so that you may be guided. And then he says, let there arise out of you a group of people inviting to all that is good. That they should be a group of people within the Muslim Ummah that is inviting towards good and forbidding evil. And those are the successful ones. And then again he reminds us, do not be as those who divided and differed amongst themselves after the clear proofs had come to them. It is they for whom there is an awful punishment. Further on, Allah says that you are the best of people ever raised up for mankind. You are the best people that have been raised up for what? For, mankind, for the benefit of mankind. You enjoin good and you forbid al-munkar evil. And you believe in Allah. Think about this. Allah is what the actual order of thing is what? You believe in Allah, then you enjoy what is good and you forbid what is evil. Yes? That's how the how can you command what is good and forbid what is evil if you do not believe in Allah? So believing in Allah comes first. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that many people believe in Allah before you. Other nations also believed in Allah, but they are not the best of nations. Why are you the best of nation? Because you invite towards good. You have been given that responsibility. Because your messenger is the final messenger 
And with his passing, there are going to be no more prophets and messengers to come. And so I have given you the responsibility in accordance to your knowledge, in accordance to your, to your ability. Okay. We move on now um, to other verses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, to Allah belongs all that is in the heavens and all that is in the earth. Everything belongs to Allah. From the Arsh to Jibreel to the carriers of the Arsh to all the angels, all the prophets, all the messengers, all living beings, all non-living beings, all belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ يَغْفِرُهُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ He forgives whom he wills. وَيُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ And punishes whom he wills. وَاللَّهُ غَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ And Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. And so look, he says, To Allah belongs everything in the heavens and in the earth. He forgives whom he wills. So he starts forgiveness. Then he puts punishment in the, begin, in, in the middle and he says, he punishes whom he wills. And Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. So he's placed his punishment between what? Mercies. You know what that means? If you end up in the punishment of Allah, you can't blame Allah. There's nobody to blame but yourself. Allah says, O you who believe, do not eat riba. Do not eat riba doubled and multiplied. But fear Allah so that you may be successful. Riba has been mentioned in a number of verses of the Quran. One is in Surah Al-Baqarah. One is uh, Surah Al-Imran. One is in Surah Al-Ankabut. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions riba and that it is not permissible. But fear Allah that you may be successful. People think that if I deal in riba, I will gain more wealth. My wealth will be multiplied and so I will be successful. Allah says, don't deal in riba, you will be successful. It doesn't matter if your wealth multiplies or it doesn't. Increases, decreases, doesn't matter. You want to be successful, don't deal in riba. O you who believe, eat not riba doubled and multiplied, but fear Allah that you may be successful. And then he says, Fear the fire which is prepared for the disbelievers. This is, this is a warning to the believers. Allah is saying, don't deal in riba, because the consequence of that is that I will put you in hellfire. I don't want you to put in hellfire. Hellfire is for disbelievers. <laughs> Hellfire is for disbelievers. But if you do not obey my command, then you will be punished in that fire which I have prepared for the disbelievers. <laughs> obey Allah and the Messenger that you may obtain, obtain mercy. If you want mercy, Allah says, I am the most forgiving, the most merciful. But if you want to deserve that mercy, then obey Allah and obey His, His Messenger. And march forth 
in the way which leads to forgiveness from your Lord and to paradise as wide as the heavens and the earth prepared for al-muttaqun prepared for the pious because here Allah said hellfire is being prepared for the disbelievers he did not say paradise is prepared for the believers no he said paradise is prepared for the pious not every believer will enter paradise straight away yes eventually inshallah but it may be that a believer has to be cleansed from their sin and then enter paradise and so Allah then describes these pious people those who spend in prosperity and in adversity they spend in the way of Allah whether they are going through time of ease or time of difficulty they are always looking out how do I please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by spending my wealth and so fulfilling the rights of others and fulfilling the needs of others those who repress anger they control it not that they don't feel angry they will feel angry but they control it this is a sign of piety and who pardon others they pardon people this is also a sign of of piety why because they hope they okay somebody's done something wrong towards me but I want to be forgiving so that Allah forgives me this is why they are forgiving they don't forgive out of weakness because they can't do something about it no they forgive because they are pious and conscious of Allah verily Allah loves al-muhsinun the doers of good if the verses changed here and the meaning changed completely then we would all all of us here would be in trouble because we don't have any of these qualities remember Allah said paradise has been prepared for the pious who ya Allah they spend in difficulty and ease we don't do that we only spend in ease if that <laughs> we spend a little bit in ease we give for Allah yeah but in difficulty you say ya Allah I don't have enough sorry <laughs> inshallah when I have I will give yeah and the price is going up petrol okay so we don't do that and then Allah says those who control their anger they repress their anger we don't do that those who forgive people we don't do that and the do doers of good but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of his mercy said paradise is also made for those who when they have committed fahisha a great sin or wrong themselves with evil they remember Allah and ask forgiveness for their sins and so that includes us now a paradise Allah says paradise is also for you those who are not so pious you do sins and but at least you do what when you commit sins you remember Allah and so you seek forgiveness for for your sin and those and so this can have two meanings either this is a description of the pious or it is a description of the people of of paradise those who when they have committed great sins or wrong themselves with evil remember Allah and ask forgiveness for their sins believing that what none can forgive sins but Allah we say that Allah nobody can forgive sin except for Allah but the condition for Allah to forgive you 
do not persist in what wrong they have done while they know. They do not intentionally just, you know, make fun of Allah. Yeah, Allah, uh, sorry, I, I will not do it again. And then they go, knowingly they do it again and again and again and say, okay, as long as I keep asking forgiveness, Allah will forgive me. No. Now Allah will not forgive. You have to be sincere that, yeah, Allah, I will not do it again. And if you're sincere, but it happens that you became weak and committed the sin again, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you because you are not doing it knowingly and you are not persisting in the sin knowingly. Yeah? You are not rebelling Allah uh, against Allah. Allah says, for such the reward is forgiveness from their Lord. Forgiveness from their Lord. And gardens with rivers flowing underneath wherein they shall abide forever. How excellent is this reward for the doers, meaning the doers of, of good. How excellent is the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, وَلَا تَهِنُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا Do not weaken, do not become weak. Meaning against your, your enemy. Don't weaken yourself. Don't tell yourself, I can't do it. Shaitan is your enemy. Don't weaken yourself in front of him. Right? Be strong in the face of your enemy. And your greatest enemy is Shaitan and your nafs. So Allah says, don't weaken. Yes, the enemy outside also, the disbeliever that seeks to uh, harm the believer or destroy uh, Islam is also an enemy. But shaitan is the enemy that's always with you. And your nafs is the enemy that's always with you. Allah says, do not become weak. Do not become weak. No, be sad. Don't be sad. Allah says, don't be sad. Sadness is never praised in the Quran. And so it is a human emotion. And it is natural that it's going to happen. But Allah says, don't be sad. Don't let yourself be drowned in, in sadness. Whenever it is mentioned, it is blameworthy. The believer should not. But it, and it will happen. Uh, Rasulullah was sad, for example, when his grandchildren uh, passed away and uh, his children passed away uh, and, so, and so, so some of his companions passed away. And so sadness is a natural human emotion. But Allah says, don't, don't, don't stay there. Come out of it. What are you sad about? Huh? Whatever you are sad about, it, it was the decree of Allah. Allah decided it. And you know that Allah, khair, Allah has good. And there is, Allah is intending good behind every decision that He makes. And behind every thing that He ordains. Hmm? And it may be that you, you like something and it is bad for you. And you may dislike something and it is good for you. And so do not, do not be sad. Allah says, and you will be superior in victory if you are indeed true believers. Meaning in the face of your enemy. Allah is saying, if you want to be victorious, he doesn't say you need to become very strong in your physical body. He doesn't say you have to have the perfect planning. He doesn't say you have to have a lot of wealth. He doesn't say you have to have a lot of weapons. And this is what we say. 
or we are suffering as Muslims because we don't have wealth, we don't have education, we don't have weapons, we don't have this, we don't have that. But the truth is, there is only one condition for victory. In kuntum mu'minin, believe. Because when you believe you have Allah on your side, Further on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, says, If Allah helps you, then none can overcome you. If Allah gives up on you and gives you up, then who is going to help you other than Allah? And so Iman is what you should rely on for your victory against your enemy against your shaitan, against your nafs. Take the actions of Iman and apply them in your life. And if you do that, then you will be victorious. You will gain victory. Very important verses also in this surah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ خَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرَّسُولٌ Muhammad is no more than a messenger. Just like Isa is no more than a messenger. And Adam is no more than a messenger. Muhammad is no more than a messenger. Indeed, many messengers have passed away before him. If he dies or is killed, will you then turn your backs, turn back on your heels? And he who turns back on his heels does not harm Allah in the least. And Allah will give reward to those who are grateful. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and no person can ever die except by Allah's leave, Allah's command, at an appointed time. Whoever desires, desires a reward in this world, we shall give him of it. And whoever desires a reward in the hereafter, we shall give him thereof. And we shall reward the grateful. This verse was revealed after the battle of Uhud. In the Battle of Uhud, word went round because, you know, the, you all know that Sahaba were fighting the enemy, Quraysh, uh, and Rasulullah appointed people on the mountain and he said, uh, you know, um, protectors from, from behind. They, they came down thinking that the battle was won, so they came down. Khalid ibn Walid, anhu, before accepting Islam, came, uh, came from the back, and uh, the, the Muslim army found itself trapped and in that what happened is uh, people lost sight of Rasulullah and someone most probably to weaken the resolve of the believers came out with the idea that Muhammad has been killed and so when Sahaba heard that Rasulullah was killed some of them turned away they said well why are we fighting for if Muhammad is killed then this war is over you know let us go home Others said, no, if Rasulullah was killed, then it will be, it is our duty to die alongside him and to die for what he died for, which is Islam. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse and he said, what is this with that when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you, you heard the news that he died, you turned away from, from the battlefield. And Allah says, if you turn away, then you are not going to harm me or harm Islam. You're harming yourself. Right? And so, although this was revealed 
after the battle of Uhud. <coughs> this is the verse that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu recited when Rasulullah passed away. Because, uh, you know, people could not believe it. How is it that Rasulullah is going to die? They felt, Umar radiallahu anhu felt that Rasulullah was going to live with this ummah until the end. Why? Because Allah said, I sent you as a witness over your nation. And so he understood from that that Rasulullah is going to live with his nation until the end. And then at the end he will die. But when Abu Bakr anhu came, he saw Rasulullah he said that uh, he came out and he said, whoever was worshipping Muhammad, Muhammad is dead. And whoever is worshipping Allah, then Allah is ever living, does not die. And then he recited this verse. Umar anhu said that when I heard this verse, it was like as if I had heard it for the first time in my life. He completely had gone out of his mind. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, uh, you know, the reason Allah speaks a lot about death here, because these verses, uh, the context is jihad and fighting in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Allah Azza wa Jalla is saying, don't try to protect yourself. Don't think that if you do not go out and do not fight in the way of Allah and do not protect Islam and do not support the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, don't think that you are going to live... <laughs> you are going to outlive your time. Which yeah. um, This is uh, And so no person can ever die except by the command of Allah or the order of Allah. And at a, a appointed term. And then Allah says, whoever desires the reward in this world, if you want the things of this world, then we shall give him Allah did not say, we shall give him it. He said, we shall give him of it. Meaning even what Allah gives you, he doesn't give you according to your desire. He gives you according to what he decided. And so he will give you some of what you desire in this world. But وَمَنْ يُرِيدْ ثَوَابَ الْآخِرَةِ نُؤْتِهِ مِنْهَا And the one who uh, uh, seeks the reward in the hereafter, we shall give him from that reward. The last verses of this surah we said like uh, Surah Al-Baqarah that Surah Al-Baqarah closes with Dua and Ali Imran also closes with Dua. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala says verily in the creation of the heavens and the earth and the alternation of night and day there are indeed signs for men of understanding. Those who remember Allah standing, sitting and lying down on their sides and think deeply about the creation of the heavens and the earth. And they say, our Lord, you have not created all of this without purpose, in vain. Glory be to you. Give us salvation from the punishment of hellfire. When this verse was revealed, Rasulullah did not sleep all night. He didn't sleep. And in the morning he said, woe to the one who reads these verses and does not contemplate. Because Allah says, look, Look at the heavens and the earth and the changing of the day and the night. There are clear signs. Right? 
But science for whom? Those who ponder, those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sitting, standing, lying on their sides. And they do what? They make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They said, Subhanaka faqina adhab al-nar. Oh Allah, protect us from hellfire. Oh our Lord, verily, whom you admit to the fire, indeed you have disgraced, dishonored. If you, if you place us, Ya Allah, protect us from hellfire. We do not want to be dishonored by being placed in hellfire. Any person who goes to hellfire, a big announcement is made on the day of Qiyamah. So-and-so, son of so-and-so, is going to hellfire. And so this is what? A dishonor. وَمَالِ الظَّالِمِينَ مِنْ أَنصَارِ And the wrongdoers will find no helpers. They will not find any helpers. Our Lord, verily we have heard the call of one, meaning Rasulullah We have heard the call of Muhammad calling to faith, that believe in your Lord. So we have believed. Our Lord, forgive us our sins, expiate from us our evil deeds, and make us die along with the pious. Our Lord, grant us what you promise, what you promise to us through your messengers, and disgrace us not on the day of resurrection, for you never break your promise. And so this is their dua. They say, Oh Allah, protect us from hellfire. Oh Allah, we have believed, forgive our sins, and allow us to die with the righteous. Oh Allah, grant us what you promised us. Meaning, Allah has promised that those who believe will, will be given paradise and will be successful. So grant us what you have promised us, and do not disgrace us on the day of Qiyamah. Verily, you never break your promise. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Allah accepted their prayer. Anyone who does any good, their good deed will not go to waste, whether male or female. And then the last verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena manusbiru wa sabiru wa rabitu. O you who believe, endure and be more patient. This is in relation to fighting the enemy. Be more patient than, than your enemy. Endure isbiru. Sabiru is be more patient than, than whom? Than your enemy. Wasabiru. Warabitu. And guard your territory. Rabitu. Do not allow the enemy to take your land. Warabitu. Guard your territory. tuflihun. And fear Allah so that you may be successful. And so this brings us to the end of our session today. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us more understanding and to strengthen our relationship with the Quran. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanakallah, bihamdika.